Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to The Virtue Signal. I'm Bill Whittle here with my friend and associate, Alfonso Rachel. And this is a show where we talk a little bit about some of the morality behind the politics. And uh, Zoe, I've mentioned this kind of in passing to you, but this is probably news for our audience. We got ourselves a little problem with the, with the Virtue Signal. Uh, looking back on it, I really do wish I'd named the show The Vice Signal because we're running out of virtues, basically. Uh, it, it's not that we're running out of interesting things to say by any means. It's just that if, for instance, we'd done a right angle called COVID-19 and that was all we could say about it, you know, come out of, come out of topics pretty easily. So a number of people said they liked this idea of like the, the, the two shows, you know, mirroring each other during the week. And I know this sounds gimmicky, but it's a fresh way to look at, at some important issues of our day. So today, why don't today we do um, Rich Man, Poor Man, and then in our next episode this week, we'll do Beggar Man, Thief, and we'll talk about all these things. Yes, I know. I'm working as hard as I can here. All right, so here we go. Um, I, we, we know a bit about each other's history. Uh, and uh, if, if the first show is going to be about rich man, poor man, about being rich and poor... Uh, I know that both of us have some real insights into half of that. Uh, the other half, not quite so much, although we're not dead yet. Um, this business has allowed me to live an extremely, extremely comfortable upper middle class life, which I am unspeakably happy about. And, and honestly, I, I never imagined I would be living like this. But like all other small business owners, or at least most other small business owners, I, I think of my total adult life of 45 years or whatever it is now, 40 years certainly, I don't think I've had more than one or two years where I was ever just financially just even comfortable, like not how the hell am I going to, to, to you know, to pay these bills? How the hell am I going to pay the rent? Uh, despite the fact, and in fact, the only reason we're here is because of the big membership increase we got at this time last year, and we're very grateful to those members, but just the cost of doing business, you know, every, you know, I just wrote a check for $18,000 to the federal government, you know, and now we're looking at these finances and plus the state government where it's quarterly tax payments. And I'm looking at this stuff and I'm saying, uh, you know, we're not, we're not, la we're not lavish here. There's nothing lavish about this. We're, we're doing this just as, as efficiently as we can. So let's start off with, uh, with the idea of of being rich, uh, being rich is is probably the single greatest source of demonization on the left because the left is the politics of envy, and rich people, at least some of them anyway, maybe most of them, are noticeably rich. It's pretty clear in many cases. Who's rich and who's not? And some people try to show off how rich they are. I'm not really interested in that. But because of the unremitting attacks on wealth from the left for the last, well, 100 years at least, there is a stigma associated with being rich. Not just, not just okay, but wealthy. What, my definition of wealth, for the sake of this discussion, is never having to worry about money about anything, never having to worry about your rent. If you want to go to Switzerland to go skiing, that's rich. There's a number at which you can do that, and anything beyond that, to me, is just superfluous. I'd like to make enough money. I'd like to make enough money and consider myself rich if I didn't have to worry about what things cost without buying, you know, $9,000 
underwear and, you know, $200,000 watches and all the rest of that stuff. So what do you think it is about, about being rich that has been so demonized by society? Because frankly, if we're just talking about the quality of lifestyle, this is something everybody should want for themselves and for everybody else too. Indeed, man. And, and a, a quick note on the, the title for virtue signaling. Sure, there's there may be uh, virtues, I guess, to run out of talk about. But one thing's for certain is that the left, man, they're, they're a cornucopia, co, uh, cornucopia of uh, virtue signaling. They're always yeah, going to be virtue. If, if we called it the vice signal, we'd be in business for a oh, right. <laughs> gift that keeps on giving. But they're always going to be virtue uh, signaling, I guess, till kingdom come, man. And so they'll always give us something to talk about, even if that's it's, right. And the thing is. For us, you know, sometimes, you know, uh, I've actually been charged with maybe like talking about the same thing over and over again. It's like, look, man, if I talk about the same thing over and over again, it's because they keep doing it over and over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, so, they, they want to keep bringing up the different problems. We'll come up with the same solution. Right. Because it's the solution that works. Yeah. So um, now rich, man. Now, one, how do you, how do you define rich or wealth? Yeah. Well, like I said, for me, it's it's just it's reaching the point of income where you no longer have to worry about where, where you have the luxury of doing pretty much what you want to with your life. Sure, sure. I mean, I mean, I mean, rich to me would be like three times, maybe three to five times whatever your expenses are. You know, after you've paid your overhead okay, for everything. Sure. You know, it's like this is this sure. is this is my recourse from here after I've after I've uh, paid everything I'm supposed to pay for. Or, but then again, what what are your expenses? I mean, if, if a person is living like in a, in a studio apartment, you know, in, in not an affluent part of town or anything like that, and their car is paid for and they're, you know, they got their rent covered and all that stuff, and they can afford their food, you know, and, and you may not be making a, a deep six figures a year or something like that. Hey, well, maybe to him. Hey, man, I'm rich. I got what I want. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and there are a lot of people who are, who are completely broke with four digits yeah. More than people who who, are, who consider themselves broke, broke. You can be rich and broke at the same time. Yes, you know, and and you know, and and the word talks about this a lot. You know, like when it says, you know, blessed are 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 the poor. You know, or or one would say, blessed are the poor in spirit. Um, the the poverty is it's not like um, and this is this is just on a side note. This is what cracks me up when people try to say that the Bible is a book for uh, white rich people, and I'm like, okay, you obviously never read it. The Bible, doesn't, <laughs> the Bible doesn't show a lot of favoritism towards wealth, but at the same time, God is not a respecter of purpose, persons. It's like, I'm not going to try to discourage you from being rich. I'm just telling you not to idolize being rich. Okay, being, That's it's like, the issue. If I'm going to bless you, it's like, I'm blessed as the poor. What am I going to bless you with more? Poverty? I'm not going to do that. <laughs> it's like, I want you to have resources. And if I give you resources, I expect you to increase them. But I'm not- So a, blessed- so blessed. Blessed are the poor is essentially a, a, a statement of compassion. It's not a statement of intent, right? It's mm. not like well, you really want to be poor so that you can have my favor. It's really it's 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 a it's a statement of of compassion. You know, sure. there are people out there suffering, and 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 they're as human as the rest of us. Well, it's that, and it's it's also making sure that the context is there. Like when people will say um, money is the root of uh, all evil, money is not the root of all evil. The love of money is, and it's the same thing with blessed are the poor in spirit. Because the thing is, when you recognize your poverty. And, and whatever that part, it can, it can take a lot of things, but we're talking about blessed are the poor in spirit. It's when you know that you do have a deficiency that can only be not just supplemented, but fortified by the Lord himself. Where you're not required. That's why it says it on our money. That's the, that's the nation's motto. In God we trust. Before you look at your money, 
as your yeah, security. Right. Before you look at your job, you look at your skills, you look at, you make sure you re- understand where the resources came from in the first place. And that's, that's a, a great point. Yeah. And that's a great point. If you're, if you're counting your hundred dollar bills every, you know, and you're just filled with avarice and greed, every single one you put down on the table is telling you, Yes. Don't, th- th- this is not the thing you should be you should be thankful for. That's right. It's right there. It's printed right there on every one of them. Yes, and it's printed on currency. That thing that you want to see the most, <laughs> you know, it just happens to be. It's on- a reminder. It's like a post-it note all the time. It's like you want to have a grip full of money. Well, you should have a grip full of trust. And there's a reason why it's called currency. And the word of God is like living water. It's a current. Right. So it's on mm-hmm. our currency and this thing should always be flowing, which means your faith and your trust should always be flowing because we see people having this, you know, faith in their money and faith in their fame and all that sort of stuff. The rich, you know, and, and how they determine rich. But, man, you see how poor they are, though, in poverty. You see it all the time on the tabloids going through divorce, uh, going through drug addiction, going through suicide. It's like y'all ain't fulfilled by your job and your fame and, and, and your wealth and all that sort of stuff. There's no fulfillment in that. It's, it's vapor. Right. It evaporates. And uh, so that's when you're really to get down to a bill, when you're really wealthy, it's just like you said, when you have a sense of security, not just the security to be able to buy whatever it is that you want. But when you have a sense of my 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 life is not fulfilled by these things, you know, just a quick note. That's why it says in the word. In the, when, in the, in these, in, in the day of the Lord, when this when this whole thing gets wrapped up in the case is made to bring this whole thing to court. It'll say people will be eating and drinking and marrying. Well, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with getting your, with getting your eat on? What's wrong with, with getting your drink on? What's wrong with getting married? Because people seek fulfillment in these things. When people start drinking and they're thinking that and they're and they're looking for fulfillment at the at the bottom at the, at the bottom of that uh, uh, drink uh, carrier, whatever is it, whether it's a jug or a bottle or whatever, uh, or they're looking for fulfillment in what they're eating or even fulfillment in their marriage, when you put the burden on, you have to feel fulfilled by your spouse. I need you to complete me. Or you start twisting up what yeah, marriage anything is. Anything external. Exactly. I need the money. I need the clothes. I need the I need the car. I need the house, whatever. Yeah, yeah all, anything external. All those things to fulfill you. That's why the Lord says it's going to be like the days of Noah. Because in the days of Noah, they were doing the same thing. They were looking for fulfillment. And man, how far does that go? I mean, I mean, it gets to a point where people feel the need to fulfill their sense of elitism by not just what they eat, but even who they eat. I mean, Bill, right now, we're returning to the days where people are, it's becoming a fashion. We talk about Hollywood, people drinking each other's blood and stuff. Yeah, God's talking about that sort of stuff. Yeah, eating, drinking, and marrying. When you start feeding on people's blood, because you're just so high and mighty, where the, where the chattel of people are beneath you, where to make you feel even more suspir- uh, superior, you're going to feed on their blood? That's the kind of wealth that gets really twisted up. And the people see and wealth and fame and, and affluence and that elitism. When we get there, man, uh, yeah, it's just because it's becoming fashionable. It's becoming just more outspoken. And it's not a new thing. This has gone on all throughout history. We're just cycling through it again. Now, just to clarify for people who may not uh, live quite this close to Gomorrah, mm. uh, there is an ongoing rumor, I don't know how substantiated it is, that a number of Hollywood celebrities essentially use blood transfusions and stuff to, to maintain their youthful appearance. I don't know whether it's true in fact, but I'll tell you one thing. I If somebody put a little piece of evidence in front of me, I wouldn't have any trouble believing it. I know what those people are like over there. Over the course of my life, I've gotten to know uh, a number of people who are, who are rich. Uh, I, I've gotten to know several millionaires, and I've gotten to know, I think, one billionaire. Not very well, the billionaire, but several... Several millionaires, I would say, are are close friends of mine. And I've noticed a difference between these two. Of the millionaires that I know, 
all of them became millionaires because they wanted to do something other than become millionaires. All of them. They had an idea for a new way to do carbon-14 dating, or they have their own engineering company because they like to build things, or whatever. They become successful by pursuing what it was in life and then executing that successfully so that people voluntarily gave them their money in exchange for the valuable product, which is where their heart really was. They became millionaires because, because they were good businessmen, but, but because they had a vision, and that vision wasn't, I want to be a millionaire. The billionaire that I knew was a completely different guy. And it wasn't so much that he was driven by, I, th I, think it a, I think in order to become a billionaire, to have a thousand million dollars, something goes a little off. Something, some, it's, it's almost like it's almost like that Chinese food's been back in the fridge just a little too long, you know? <laughs> yeah, maybe. The, the, when you get to that level, my limited experience, I, I, I know one relatively well and I've, and I've met several others and I've certainly seen several others. I think at that level, then the accumulation of money does in fact become what seems to be the primary driver. I'm reminded, of course, of Jeff Bezos, who flew his first um, Blue Origin flight. The rocket had sat on the ground for years. Uh, actually, actually, I got that backwards. Sorry, Sir Richard Branson, whose, whose development of Virgin Galactic was, was lethargic. And then all of a sudden, there's an announcement that Jeff Bezos, another billionaire, is going to fly in three weeks. So Branson decides he's going to rush his program and, and fly first. That kind of... Um, let's just call it swing in appendages kind of thing is very different. And, and I think that's where you begin to get into a moral kind of a deficiency when you get to that level. But, but the main point I'm trying to make is, is that of all the rich people I know, and I know a lot of rich people, all of them did two things. They followed their, their dream and, and that's what got the money. And secondly, they're the hardest working people I have ever met in my life. Without question, the first one's in, the last one's out every single time. And I think that's lost on a lot of people as well. Definitely, man. And it's, uh, you raise a great point. It's, it's not about looking for the wealth. It's saying the word of God talks about is I don't, it's not about pursuing the riches. Be of service. You know, you got a good product, you got a good service. Hey, it's, it's gonna, it, it'll be the seed for you to go ahead and develop that wealth that you want. But if you're, if, if it's the wealth that you're pursuing yourself, you're gonna do people dirty. All right, you got to have a heart and a mind to service. Like, what kind of product or service can I provide that people can find really useful? Uh, and, and let that, you know, ger you know, germinate into your wealth. Um, and, and on a side note, you know, because, you know, a lot, it's easy to start looking at rich people and what they do with their wealth and stuff like that. And, and somehow rich equals non-virtuous. And people like kind of have this idea that, you know, poverty automatically makes a person virtuous, like as if poor people are just automatically good people. It's like, right. uh, uh, no, I've, I've never been ripped off. Like nobody's broken into my home who's been rich and my, my stuff, my home has been broken into and uh, accounts been hacked. And that's that's not rich people doing that. <laughs> you know, no, so, that's not. So but, you know. There's this, um, you know, when people are trying to, to like get ahead, like even like if, if I can like even say this for myself, um, in the pursuit of just being able to get to do what it is that you want to do, it's bad when people get in your way to do it. 
You know, uh, I I would expect even for myself, it's like, man, I, I think I should be a little bit more affluent than this. But, you know, I try not to get too caught up in that and how affluent I should be. My focus is more is like, why are you getting in my way of doing certain things? Uh, why have you gone through legalities to get in my way of doing certain things? Having competition is one thing. A healthy degree of competition to keep Absolutely. you from you know, uh, going to where you're supposed to go is one thing. That I can accept. But when people make it legal... You know, or or look for ways to uh, manipulate the law to doing what you do, or just ignore the law, but have other people to cover for you to say that, oh yeah, that's lawful. That's a, that's a, a whole different thing. Talking to you, YouTube. Mm-hmm. Talking <laughs> to you. So now let's look at the other side of the of the equation. So rich man, poor man. Um, I'm not going to speak for you. I, I'm just. I don't think it's much of a secret at this point that because of my uh, wandering troubadour decision in life, you know, I'm going to, I'm a writer and I'm a filmmaker and I'm a storyteller and I'm going to by God stick to that no matter what the consequences are. That puts me in a situation for where for the very, very vast majority of my entire life after leaving home as a, as a child, going off to college, starting with college, where I have not only been like short on funds. I, you know, it's funny. I, I, I just censored myself in mid-sentence. This is the kind of thing I, I love talking about on this show. <laughs> I just stopped myself in mid-sentence because what I was about to say is I have spent at least two decades genuinely poor. And I stopped myself from saying that because on some level, two things happened. One of them was, well, you know, were you really poor or were you, uh, you know, educated white guy poor? And then the second thing that stopped me was, I'm ashamed of that. Now, it's not something I'm proud of. But looking at it objectively, yes, for many, many, many... Look, I woke up one day in, in the University of Florida in Gainesville, and it was so cold in my room I could see my breath, and I hadn't eaten anything in I don't know how long, and I did not have a penny in my pocket. And I was so hungry and so cold that I got on the beat-up old uh, bicycle that I'd bought a year before, and I drove around to all of the drive-through fast food windows in the small town of Gainesville, hoping that somebody might have dropped a quarter or something there. And I did that for about an hour. And then finally, just before I went home, it was so cold and I was so hungry. God, I was so hungry. I just really, I was six foot one and 119 pounds. And then I decided, okay, before I go home, there was a a, a big general purpose building in at the University of Florida called GPA. I think it was GPA 1 now or whatever. Gigantic concrete block monstrosity with a breezeway through the bottom. And inside that breezeway were a number of vending machines. So I thought to myself, okay, before I go home, I'm just going to go check and see if there's any if anybody forgot to pull the change out of their candy bar thing. I swear to God, as, as I sit here, this is precisely what happened. I rode my bike, as it's 3 o'clock in the morning now, rode my bike over to GPA, turned the corner, got into this breezeway, and sitting on the ground, it seemed to me to be precisely dead center of the breezeway, but sitting on the ground was a, was a, a dollar bill that had been folded into quarters. Just, it was a $1 bill, half and folded again, just sitting there. And I took that dollar bill and I went... <laughs> And I went over to Krispy Kreme Donuts, which was 24-7, and I think I got four 25-cent apple-filled donuts, and that was the best food I ever ate in my life. Now, I'm using this as an example just to say that I don't think that's, 
I don't think that's like white college guy poor. That, that, that and this has gone on. I, I didn't have four figures in my bank account until I, you know consistently more than hundreds of dollars in my bank account until I was I don't know forty eight something like that. So so I I know what this is like and and the the it's not just it doesn't just put pressure on you. It 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 destroys your ability to do anything other than focus on my what what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. One of the things about about you know poverty is that poverty consumes so much time and energy that people who might otherwise be able to get out of poverty it's not even a question that they don't have the resources it's it's almost a question that they don't have the brain space to get out of the how am I going to pay this electric bill how, what am I going to do I, I know I know one of the things I had to face over the years of why I'm not proud of this is every now and then I'd have to say well I can either pay my electric bill or I can pay my rent. Which one do I want to pay? And the answer is you pay the electric bill. Because if you pay the rent and you don't have any electricity, you might as well be outside. So one of the things about poor men is is that it is so consuming that people who might otherwise be able to get themselves out of poverty, it's not even a question of not having the resources so much as not having the ability to see past the next month or the next week or whatever and begin to build a plan. Now, most poverty is a result of just bad decisions from people who never learned any good decisions. But it's hard to describe what that weight is like. I think, I think most small business owners... Who, who may never have been in like real poverty, they understand the weight of, of having to make payroll, right? Mm-hmm. There are people depending on, on me. And, and that pressure can be so overwhelming that it can eventually just cause you to simply just go into a shell and then, and then not to go on and on and on. But then when you get to that point, you've been in that space long enough, then you start doing stupid things that make a lot of sense. Like I have been so short on money for so long, here's a tiny little windfall, right? And instead of doing something sensible with this money, I'm gonna buy myself something just, just cause I could, you know? Just cause just now for this one week period, I can buy myself something nice. And I'm going to treat myself. This this is the language. So, I don't know. All of this to say that 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 when you look at what what being poor is from the inside, it's not just a series of bad decisions. And at least in my case, anyway, it certainly wasn't laziness. There is a there is a mental crippling that occurs when you are in a situation where every day comes down to actual genuine survival. Indeed, it's interesting that, uh, you know, when you found that dollar, the first thing that you wanted, man, you know what I want? I want bread and sugar. (laughs) Give me bread and sugar. That's what the body's gonna want. You you didn't want a carrot. You don't want some cabbage. No, I don't. (laughs) I I should say, by the way, because this will interest you, that I was a, uh, this was when I was really at the height of my kind of, you know, I'm a material atheist and I understand how the universe was created. Nothing to it, just a bunch of gases and sparks. Um, but when I saw that dollar bill sitting there, that was like, I think, the first time when I realized that's stretching things to believe that that just happened to be there. You know, that was like the first time I realized maybe somebody is watching out for me. Yes, right. And, and, and ain't, that, ain't that worth something? You know, <laughs> yeah. I'll buy that, that for was a worth dollar. More than, it was even <laughs> worth more than the donuts. And those are Krispy Kreme donuts. So that's saying something. Yes. But, but you know, that bread and sugar. 
And, what, and when the yeah. Israelites, man, we hungry, we hungry. What did God give them? Bread and sugar. <laughs> so I'm going to send you that manna, which tasted like a sweet bread after they were done cooking it and stuff. So uh, if he dropped, if he had dropped Krispy Kreme donuts on the Israelites, they never would have made the golden calf. Probably not. I can tell you, <laughs> I can tell you that with absolute assurance. <laughs> now, and, and now tie that in with the, exactly the golden calf. What did they make that golden calf with? They made that with, the, with their earrings and stuff like that. The wealth that they left with, with Egypt. They left rich. They were slaves. God said, he, but he didn't call them slaves. He left, he called them his army. I'm leading my army out. And this army left with, <clears throat> with the wealth of Egypt. They were rich. Now, what did that mean to them? It's just like, okay, you guys are wealthy. You got pockets full of, of wealth and still not enough for you. We would rather trade this wealth for another God, a God that did not lead us out of Egypt and, and a God that didn't do anything for us. But hey, this God is okay with us having a celebration of some wild orgies right now. So we're cool with that. So it's the things that people will seek fulfillment in and like, uh, just like you were saying earlier about what people aren't going to care about, man, we got people making big money off of selling this propaganda about the environment and all that sort of stuff, man, when you, and, and, and these policies that these same people put in are making it much more difficult to make ends meet, whether it's gas, which affects the price of everything, everything is going up, how you going to pay your bills. And people are looking at that and they're wondering how they're going to make ends meet. man, they don't care about the environment after that. It's like, okay, yeah. No, 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 no. no. So that's a high class problem. Thank you, man. That's, that's like, that's what first world, that's that other privileged problem that these actual people who put that stuff in goes toward. But when you're trying to, you know, you're trying to put food on the table and pay your rent and stuff like that, it's like, look, man, uh, the environment, yeah, that's good and everything, but right now I don't care. And you can't, you can't save the planet if you make the planet a priority and expect people to show how much they care about each other by expecting them to care about the planet more. It doesn't work yeah. that way. That's totally backwards. You know, or as we would say, you're, you're putting the creation over the creator. If you can't, if you love that more than the person who facilitated that for us, it ain't going to go good. And people are just going to get more poor. The poor are going to get poorer and the rich who are suckering these people are just going to get more rich. Let me ask you a question, and I, don't, I really don't want to put you on the spot here, and, and you have every right to say, I just don't think I want to. Uh, I'm not asking you to tell me a, a true tale of adventure of, 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 the, of your life, mm. but is there anything that you can say to provide insight to the people who are watching about what it's like to live in a, a poverty mindset? Like like I just did, I said it just it just grinds you down. Mm -hmm. it, it it takes all of your energy. It eliminates your your imagination. It eliminates ambition. It eliminates drive. If things get scary enough, you do what any other stressed person does. You just want to call, crawl into a ball and sleep, or inject something into your arm, or drink something. What you just want to get away from it. Is there any is there any insight you can give? Uh, people in our audience who maybe have never been in situations quite that desperate who look at people in that kind of situation say, oh, you should just get up, you should work harder. You should just, you know, just, just bootstrap yourself up. Man, um, you know, and I've- Which I, we have both done, by the way. Indeed. I might point out. Indeed, man. I'm, I'm, I've done my share of dumpster diving. Uh, I've lived as a, a vagrant, you know, on the streets of Venice, you know, and roaming through Ghost Town in, in Venice Beach. Um, but I tell you what, Bill, I think the thing that kept me from going off the deep end, and I don't, I don't like to find- uh, I guess, merit or pleasure in this, but just the people that you're surrounded by. And, That's it, man. And, you know, it's, and I'm not coming from this from an elitist mindset. You know, I don't want to sound condescending or anything like that. It's like, man, why are you doing that? And I don't, I don't exactly believe at this point, you know, I was more of an agnostic borderline atheist. 
Um, but if there is a God in heaven, please don't let that happen to me. And that's when I, uh, I would hear, I, I would start to hear this term, uh, from the Bible, uh, by the grace of God, there go I. Yeah, that could be you. As <laughs> it is now, what you gonna do about it? And you start to see things. And I saw ever since I was a kid, you know, cause I mean, growing up, you know, uh, uh, in the projects, you know, mom being on welfare, which she hated. She hated being on welfare and she worked hard, tried to become, you know, uh, you know, be, uh, you know, independently by self-employed to get out mm-hmm. of it. She hated welfare and, and taught us to hate that system. Hate it. That's, that's what saved you. And, you know, but I would look, I would see people making that, that bi-weekly march, you know, the first and the 15th, just checking and not really doing anything. And like I said, man, I don't, I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm judging these people, but it's like, you see it, the things that people go to, to try to escape from it, you know, whether it's the drugs or whether it's the alcohol and stuff like that. It's like, man, you kind of facilitating your own poverty here. Uh, and you obviously got the energy. You've got, you've got a mind, but you seem to have a mind to scheme. Uh, and not in a good way. You seem to have a body that's that's capable of doing things, but you're not putting it to work. And and you put that more into talking about uh, uh, what people may owe you. And I didn't want to be. I found that disturbing. I found it detestable. And and I I didn't want to be that person. Um, and it, it it's not like. And I know it's easier said than done. Obviously, a lot of people are given over to that mindset uh, to to where they will try to. Um, whether it's escape or they, they become covetous, uh, they become justified in the things that they despise about people and feel like they deserve it too. And like I said, I've always seen that is it's 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 something that I I abhor. Um, now to try to get out of that, you got to have a servant's mindset. Um, and, and in our culture, the the mindset to serve is something that's found about because we associate it with slavery. Uh, I'm nobody. I ain't nobody's servant. It's like, look, man, it's not that kind of thing. You know, <laughs> you're not being forced into doing this. But if you want to be able to pay your rent and you want to be able to eat and stuff like that, you got to provide a service. But at the same time, you and, and that's anything, Bill, anybody who wants to start a start a business, it's not so much. It's not a necessarily a bad thing that you are motivated by the factor to make money. That's Mm -hmm. that's why people go into business, because, well, you do want to be able to afford to do things. Of course. But at the same time, if your only motivation is the money, you will do people dirty and you don't have to have a product or service to do that. You could just go ahead and steal. You could have a a, a business to front your uh, uh, your um, your enterprise to steal. I mean, the government is doing it right now. Uh, (laughs) As it is, you want to have a legit product, a legit service. You just want to have something that you can serve your fellow man with. And if you can get a return from that, hey, all the better. So, I mean, I hope that kind of answers the question of why no, it, it is, does. you know, I, I I try to pursue the thing that I'm pursuing. I hope that I'm not, I try to go through the thing where I'm not deceiving myself, am I, with these things that I believe. I think that they're useful. They, uh, I find them a, a, a useful mindset to me. I hope that other people can find them useful too. Uh, and that's what I want to be able to do. And if I can be remunerated for it, hey, all the better. We are sharing information. I think that information is a valuable uh, service and it's honest. And I think truthful information, uh, this is something that I have as well as the entertainment mediums that I like to do. That's what I've studied to do. That's what I've studied to be, uh, to be able to use it in redeeming ways that I, that I hope that people will find valuable. Uh, but just looking at to keep out of poverty and not give into the things that keep you in a, a feedback loop, you know, the drugs, feedback the, 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 loop. Yeah, the, that's right. yeah, the it's mind, what it is. yeah, the mindset, even the mindset, even if you don't even pick up a drug, you can have a mindset, the mindset that's absolutely. addictive and you feel like, um, that's it's, it's just something that you stay in to justify yourself and why you're doing this and it'll keep you in a state of arrested development. 
You mentioned uh, at the beginning of talking about like at Venice Beach and stuff, you said you, you, you hung out with good people. The reason I'm not dependent on the government or an alcoholic or a drug addict is because I had good friends. Talking to you, Fritz, who uh, people who, who, who basically took care of me, let me stay in their garage for seven months rent free or, you know, uh, went looking for jobs for me when I was just too beat up to do it. Um, I think I'll just close by saying this. Uh, when I was thinking back on on it, I, I, I go back to like early years in college and in many years after that, I, I remember getting together with a couple of friends of mine and pooling our money. I had like 85 cents of it. I had $1.20. They would get it all together, three of us. That's enough for three Wubbs burgers, you know, and, and maybe a, a fries. But what I realize is, is that even in the, in the depths of all of that, for the entire duration of all of it, I never considered myself to be a poor person. I was just having extreme cash flow problems. And, and that's because I didn't grow up poor. My father was a hotel manager. That's a solid middle class income. When you throw in the perks, it's closer to upper middle class income, I suppose. And so I never, ever thought of myself as a poor person. And much more importantly, I never, ever, ever envied anybody else for what they had. Not once in my life, I really genuinely believe this is true. Not once ever have I ever said, that guy's got something and I want it. I've never said that. That'll do it for this edition of the Virtue Signal made possible by the uh, fine members at BillWhittle.com who stepped up and gave us the resources to do this a year ago. And uh, if you can help us out again to keep these messages coming, we'd love to have you as a member at BillWhittle.com or a one-time donation. That helps keep the lights on as well and, and pay the vultures who circle overhead with the power to uh, you know come at you with badges and guns. Uh, we will see you next time right here on the Virtue Signal.